Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The UFC train continues to roll through August on the road to UFC 253 coming up on September 26th with another stop at the UFC Apex in Las Vegas tomorrow night, which features the Bantamweight debut of a former UFC world champion. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the UFC on ESPN 15 preview show here on MMAfighting.com. I am Mike Hack. That is Alex Kaylee. Quite the road to get here, AK. Numerous rebookings, but tomorrow night... Pedro Munoz will welcome Frankie Edgar to the 135-pound division. First question that always happens when a fighter makes a drop is, can they make the weight? And the answer, pun intended, was yes. He weighed in at 135 and a half, one of the first on the scale, around four to five minutes into the weigh-in. And he looked pretty darn good, did he not? Yeah, no, he looked, uh, I believe the term that was being thrown around on social media was shredded. Uh, people thought he looked shredded. Look, he's I mean, he's been saying for the longest time and we all know that he's he has always been competing like heavier than his normal weight. I mean, he looked fine at 145. If you had told me he was a natural 145, I'd be like, yeah, I believe you. But um, and but when the idea of 135 came up, I think a lot of us at the same time were like, yeah. Yeah, there's probably. I mean, honestly, you you almost feel like with with a, with a, a body change or some sort of diet, like a slight body change, slight diet change, 125. I don't want to see it. I'm just saying, I you you have to wonder. But 135 seems just right, uh, and it was great to see him. Yeah, hitting it, just hit that mark, no problem. Uh, he's 38 now, but I mean, who knows? A weight class change can really, really give you just that that last push you need towards something. And he has the name, you know, and uh, who knows? We could see Edgar getting yet another UFC title shot uh, within the next 12 months. Yeah, Frankie's just one of those guys that I think every fight fan has a, just a ton of respect for. They love when his name pops up. And one of the main reasons is that he's up for any challenge. He's a He's a fighter's fighter, so to speak. But man... If there's a guy who needs a win badly tomorrow night, it is Frankie Edgar. He's lost two straight. He's lost three out of four. He's coming off that short notice knockout loss to the Korean zombie. Do you think that this new division, that fresh coat of paint that he's about to kind of undergo here, this is what he needs to right the ship, so to speak? Is this kind of his last chance here? Oh, I don't know. You know, it's it always seems like a quick fix just to change divisions, right? And and um, But he was it was starting to feel like maybe it was just – the, the guys that he was starting to face at 145 that were just like so much bigger, you know, like Chan Sung Jung and uh, Brian Ortega, uh, even Holloway, obviously uh, quite a bit bigger than him. Um, Aldo didn't look like super, super bigger than him when they first fought. So maybe that's why it wasn't, it, it was so easy to see in 145, but 135 is, is such a booming division now. Uh, you know, again, I, I said, of course, he get a title shot based his name and his history. But as far as like the, the level of competition, if he needs to win like two or three fights to get there and face like top 10 guys, that is not an easy path at all. There's so many killers uh, ahead of him right now. So uh, let's just try and look at this one fight at a time. Uh, but Munoz, 
man, a top five guy right away. You know, I remember when he when he dropped down to 145, he faced Jose Aldo right away. So there's never been any uh, any easy fights for uh, Frankie Edgar, regardless of whether he's he's in division, changing division. So um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to solve some of the problems we're having. Uh, hopefully, there's a little less chance of him getting knocked out if he's facing guys closer to his size. But then there's also the weight cut taken into account. But um, I don't know if this fixes everything. But it, it's a logical move. And, and uh, again, I think we'll see a really, really competitive fight against Munoz. Yeah, and and for Pedro Munoz, you know, this is a guy who was a win away from really getting into the Bantamweight title discussion before the last Aljamain Sterling at UFC 238. He's won seven out of nine or something like that. He's got five finishes in that stretch. That brutal knockout of Cody Garbrandt sticks out in a lot of people's minds. But he hasn't competed in over 14 months. He had a COVID-19 positive test last month before he was supposed to fight Frankie Edgar in Abu Dhabi. What are you, what are you looking for out of the young Punisher tomorrow night in his first fight in over a year? I think he, well, I mean, I think there's a very good chance that he can finish Frank Edgar. Again, I, I've always looked at, at at Frank Edgar as one of the more durable guys. But, but again, we've said we've seen him knocked out twice in his last four fights against bigger guys. But Munoz is the kind of guy, he's like a 135er who hits like a 145er. Like the dude is a the dude is a killer. Like he's such a strong finisher. Uh, and then, of course, his submission skills are, are, I mean, I guess he hasn't had a submission in a bit, but people forget on his way up, he was just choking people left and right. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen to Frankie Edgar. Of course, uh, Frankie never been tapped out uh, in his UFC career, uh, in his pro career, I should say. So, so, uh, but I think if you're Munoz, you really want to make a statement with that finish. Because if you win a decision, still makes a statement. And we're, again, we're talking about, you know, beating one of the all-time greats. Uh, so decision win, very strong. But a finish, man, gets Munoz right back, again, where he should be. Like, I know he's he's in the, at the edge of the top five right now. He's essentially a top three talent, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I think, I think he's, of course, they're always going for that finish. But I think he knows in the back of his mind, specifically a finish is what gets him possibly for that next title shot who knows uh, again 135 very stacked right now very busy um but uh, you have to think again if he takes out edgar in the first round and if he gets a submission again first guy to ever do it then you just sit around and wait for the title picture to uh, to sort itself out if i'm pedro munoz yeah i, I think this is this is a really well matched fight in my opinion because frankie has that ability to box people up with quickness with volume being able to get in and out he's got the wrestling of course and Pedro is super well-rounded in his own right, but he's got that power on the feet, excellent submissions on the mat. I'm not a big, like, odds guy, but every once in a while I'll take a look at it. And I, I didn't realize that Frankie Edgar is more than a two-to-one underdog on pretty much any sports book that you look at. Do you agree with those lines, or do you think this one's a little bit closer than the lines may suggest here, AK? Look, Frankie's the ultimate underdog. I, I that doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, he, he's he's been an underdog in so many fights. Some again, reasonably, like I said, Brian Ortega, Chan Sung Jung. I mean, again, there's bigger guys. Uh, Max Holloway, again, one of the greatest featherweights of, of his era. So uh, totally understand. But even at, at lightweight, if I recall, I've, I'm I'm obviously he was the underdog going to the first fight with BJ, and I believe he was an underdog again going to their rematch. So uh, the guy does not get a lot of respect. Again, my 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 historic knowledge of betting odds isn't spectacular, but I'm fairly certain uh, he might have been favored in the hurt first. Henderson fight, but then he lost to Henderson, and then he actually played in favor of the second two. Benson Henderson's another guy who actually doesn't get a lot of love from the odds makers. But the point is, again, Edgar always fighting against bigger guys, uh, always fighting against uh, just a list of 
a murderer's row. And it's, it's cliche, but really, if you just look at his resume, a murderer's row of names. Um, and he's been the underdog against almost everyone. So, uh, no, not surprising at all. And again, it's just a lot of respect for Munoz. Again, as much as I as much as I praise Edgar, uh, Munoz is one of the best 135ers right now. And and that loss to Sterling, honestly, should have done nothing uh, to diminish anyone's opinion of that. Uh, it went to a decision. Both guys are great contenders. Uh, Munoz, again, is right up there, one fight away. So, no, uh, frankly, being an underdog is two to one that actually sounds right about right to me you got an official pick here for tomorrow are you are you ready to let that out of the bag before your predictions piece drops oh, of course Let's hear it of course i'm picking frankie i always pick frankie look uh i i it's not, it's not a lie i i stand for frankie edgar i stand for ryan hall please get well soon ryan hall uh, i stand for michelle Pereira. Th- these are not these are not secrets this is this is open public stuff uh no i think edgar's again such a great fighter. I'm a huge fan of his. And again, on any given day, you just feel like he can compete with anyone. Only recently, and I hate, I have to keep bringing up these fights, the Korean zombie fight and the Brian Ortega fight. Was he just, did he look completely kind of outclassed out of his element? He, maybe he didn't look great uh, in the Max Holloway fight, but again, at least he didn't, you know, he didn't get finished. So, uh, I, I am going to pick him. I do think, like I said, I don't, uh, I think Munoz needs to get that finished to really impress. I don't think he's going to get it. And I don't know if he has that ability to go to, to win that kind of um, hard three, or I shouldn't say hard, hard tactical three round fight against a guy like Frankie Edgar. He, he's, I don't call Frankie a point fighter, but I definitely say he's someone who knows how to, how to, how to win over the judges. Uh, and that's a compliment. That's not, that's not like a sneaky thing. I mean, like there's a way to win judges over in a professional MMA fight. It's just the way it is. Uh, and Frankie definitely knows how, uh, so he's not getting finished. I think he's going to win. I've picked him. I'm just trying to think the last time I didn't pick him in a fight. I'm just looking at maybe, maybe the second Aldo fight. So I might've picked him again then too, but either way, um, take my, uh, take my pick with a grain of salt, but I'm thinking Edgar gets back in the win call. Yeah. I mean, the Ortega fight, he looked pretty good until he got knocked out. And then the Holloway fight, he just was too small. Like he just mm-hmm. couldn't get there. He tried, you know, and he got competitive as the, as the fight progressed, but just couldn't reach Holloway when he needed to. And then the Korean zombie fight, I think we kind of knew it was going to happen there. As soon as we saw his name, we were like, what are you doing? Why would you take this fight? But in a weird way, I think that was maybe a good thing for Frankie because now he's not going to make those mistakes anymore. When Pedro was out of the fight in July, there were a lot of contenders that that threw their name in the hat and Frankie said, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to wait. So good on him. But I, I think with this being a five round fight and Pedro's not really in this you know, has has been in these shoes before. Frankie's been in here a million times with these 25-minute potential fights. I kind of think Frankie kind of outlasts him, but I think it's going to be a really competitive matchup, like you said. Co-main event in the light heavyweight division featuring a couple of guys looking to bounce back in the win column. We have Ovin St. Peru, who bumped up to heavyweight in his last fight to fight Ben Rothwell in Jacksonville. Lost a split decision, taking on the absolute powerhouse in Alonzo Menafield, who's coming off his per- first pro loss to Devin Clark at UFC 250. So we have the Wiley veteran against the up and coming powerful knockout artist. What sticks out to you in this one at 205? It's hard for me to bet against OSP though. It's also hard for me to bet on OSP. You kind of don't, you kind of don't know which one's going to show up. Um, I wouldn't say his career is marked by inconsistency, but I think most people would agree that, you know, yes, he can compete with anyone in the top 10, uh, but he's also got kind of some odd losses in there. I think like like a Nikita Krylov loss, again, all respect to the cry god, but I would have thought Ovin St. Preux was the better fighter on paper. Um, he's really only lost to really good guys. So maybe, maybe, maybe I'm overstating, you know, again, how, um, how inconsistent he can be, but... 
for me, I, I mean, I have to, you haven't asked my pick yet, but I, I lean certainly towards OSP. Um, it just, this is, this is a, there's a, there's levels to this moment. I feel like, uh, and Menafield, obviously very, like I said, very talented, a super finisher, very exciting guy. Is he on, is he on the level of a perennial top 10 guy yet? Um, we, you know, we'll find out. I mean, this is, this is his chance on Saturday to really just leapfrog a bunch of his, his peers, but I, I would go with the safe choice here. And I think, I think, uh, don't count OSP out. I think, um, the heavyweight fight was just bizarre just to keep busy thing, a stay busy thing for him. And I think back at 205, um, he'll be focused again and ready to get another weird submission finish. Are you surprised he dropped back down? I mean, he looked pretty, I mean, 240, he weighed in, seemed pretty comfortable and healthy up there. Are you surprised that he dropped back down one fight later? You know, not really. I think he mentioned, like, it would be cool to stay up, but it's like, if he can comfortably, if he can comfortably bounce between both, I, I say go for it. I think right now, again, he's always been the kind of guy to fight. He's fought almost everyone at light heavyweight. So it's not that it's it, his options there are getting a little bit exhausted. There's certainly some fresh matchups, but he's fought pretty much everyone. Uh, so I think he just wants to keep his options open, especially during kind of this this uh, COVID-19 time where they need fighters to kind of take bookings at the drop of a hat. I think he wants to say, hey, 205, book, 205 spot available, I'm in. Heavyweight spot available, I'm in. Uh, so I'm not surprised that he dropped back down because I think it's the smart and ideal weight class for him. But I wouldn't be surprised at all if we see him take two heavyweight fights in his next two fights. Uh, I think he's at uh, he's at quote-unquote money weight now um, for, for the rest of his career. I don't see this fight going the distance any way, shape, or form. So I think if OSP can weather that storm, get out of the first round, because you know Menafield's going to be hitting him like a truck, then we could see that Von Pru choke again later on as Menafield starts to wear down and get a little bit tired because he is taking this fight on a little bit shorter notice because <laughs> OSP had a different fight. I forget who was against up the top of my head, but that should be a fun one at 205. Before that, we have another 205-pound fight between Mike Rodriguez and Marcin Prachnio. Both guys need to win desperately. Praccio looking for his first UFC win. Rodriguez looking for a second UFC win, his first since 2018. I expect both guys to come out guns blazing, especially with their backs against the wall. Chances are they're fighting for their jobs tomorrow night. Rounding out the main card, we have a couple of interesting fights. One is Maria Agapova. That's the John Anik pronunciation. That's what I'm going going with. Taking on Shauna Dobson. I know this one sticks out to you. You're a Agapova fan, are you not? Big time, big time. And I will say, if John Anning is going to go Agapova, I hope he says like Maria Sharapova as well, because if we're, and, and it's not a joke. I'm saying if we're going to yeah. go with the Russian, whatever, proper Russian, or uh, I guess in this case, she's uh, Kazakh, I believe, uh, Maria, Maria uh, Agapova. Um, if we're going to go with these kind of, you know, proper pronunciations, then we should go that way. But I'm fine. Agapova it is. It's a little bit difficult, I think, for us in North America to say. But if John Anna can do it, then Mike, you and I can do it. We won't. We can't let him have this on us. Uh, yeah, she's a huge prospect at 125. I've kind of jokingly said in one of our previous shows. Uh, I think we were there was some discussion of man who at 125 can challenge you know Valentina Shevchenko, and I said Agapova in like two years. Uh, uh, that may and that's maybe that's just almost just like projecting on kind of what little we've seen from her. Um, she's just shown she just looks uh, like an awesome prospect physically. You know, again, a, a lot of physical comparisons to uh, Joanna Jacek. Um, I don't know if their styles are necessarily the same, but I see this. I certainly see the superficial uh, comparisons. She's super aggressive. Uh, definitely someone always looking to finish um, and and has the ability to do so, which is, which isn't always the case at uh, 125 and 115 pound divisions. Um, and also very cool of her because I know she wanted this fight with Shayna Dobson. She got the fight with Shayna Dobson. So uh, anytime you're at this early in your career and you're kind of calling your shots uh, and, and and knowing who you have to beat to kind of move up, uh, that's very smart. So, yeah, big, definitely very high on this on this prospect. 
This is a good fight. It's a really good fight. I thought the call was brilliant. It's perfect. Perfect matchmaking here because Maria's going to get right after Shauna and Shauna's going to get right in her face. And then those two are just going to throw, as Jed Mishu says, bolos at each other until the fight is no longer. So I like that fight a lot. And now we have a new main card opener yes. because we've had some, some shuffle ups here. Daniel Rodriguez, who is supposed to fight Takashi Sato is now fighting Dwight Grant, who is supposed to fight Kalen Bourne. So logic in MMA is rearing its ugly head, AK. What did you think of this? Yes, I'm surprised there weren't some weird shenanigans for like, oh, we tried to find new opponents for both of them. It's like, no, no, just match them up together. Uh, yes, uh, so this new, we should say this news was broken by uh, uh, Nolan King of MMA Junkie, who also kind of reported the reasons for them, which are, which are a bit strange to me. Sato apparently could not get medically cleared for the fight, but he did weigh in. He was actually one of the uh, people I think he weighed in like the first hour. So he made weight 174 point, uh, 170.5, excuse me. And I'm not exactly sure what the medical... Uh, uh, a reason is that he couldn't get cleared. I'm sure we'll find out uh, within by the end of the day or in coming days. So that was Sato's reason. Uh, Kalen Bourne, already in kind of a weird situation, he was a very short notice replacement for uh, Jared Gooden, uh, uh, the night train, who's going to make his UFC debut uh, against um, against Dwight Grant. Uh, uh, Gooden withdrew with an injury, so Bourne steps in with like less than a week's notice. So uh, he was the last person. He did not weigh in, so he was the last person to show up, but did not weigh in. Um, and I'd assumed it was a weight cutting issue, but uh, according to again Nolan King, it is a personal personal reason. So personal reason. So hopefully hopefully everything's okay there, nothing too serious. Um, but yes, both uh, withdrew at the at, uh, both withdrawals were reported at the very last second of the weigh-ins. Uh, but thankfully, yes, we have a fight saved as uh, Dwight Grant and Daniel Rodriguez can just match up with one another. And uh, frankly, it might well I would I shouldn't say I was really looking forward to the Sato uh, Daniel Rodriguez fight. But Sato Grant is also very very good. Rodriguez Grant. Uh, Rodriguez Grant, excuse me. I almost made it, Mike, I almost made it through that whole thing <laughs> without mixing up the, the people's names. Ah, so close. I was so close. Stumbled Almost, by the finish line. Although Sato Grant would be fun too. Yes, Hopefully Kalen Bourne and, and Sato both turned around. I was looking forward to Kalen Bourne. I mean, he's a guy I've been covering for a while. He's a black belt in Kung Fu. He's a black belt in judo, and he's a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So Kalen Bourne is one of those prospects from the Midwest that have been kind of making their way up the ranks and Kalen would have would have been a good fight. Got to give him the Salikov, king of kung fu. Yes, there you go. go. See, now we're talking. Now now we're matchmaking before the matchmaking podcast. This Hashtag on to the next one. Hashtag on to the next one. So as, as you just heard, the main card is pretty solid, right? Prelims, well, you know, we had some shakeups, that's for sure. There's at least one UFC debut fighter in each of the first three or four fights of the night. I think it's three now, now that Kalen Bourne's out. We do get Mizuki Inoue in the featured prelim against Amanda Lemos. But digging a little deeper as we like to do here, AK, what fight is flying under the radar that could potentially steal the show tomorrow night in Las Vegas that nobody's talking about? I think a lot of people are really looking—I shouldn't say a lot of people, but the people who kind of, you know, really pay attention to these things uh, are kind of really looking forward to Timur Valiev. Um, his debut has kind of been delayed, I think, a couple of times um, uh, for, for various reasons. I can't remember for his own withdrawals or opponent withdrawals, but he was supposed to fight earlier. Uh, he's been around for—he's got some mileage on him, like he's, uh, and good mileage, I should say, experience. Um, competed for the PFL and the World Series of Fighting when it was known as the World Series of Fighting. Uh, so people know him. I mean, this is a guy who, who people really want to see— uh, so it's good that he got himself an opponent. I, th I think this is one other one of those late changes, and it had to be a, a 140 pound catchweight bout. Um, he almost there was a little shaky there. His opponent Trevin Jones came in uh, 0.5 over 
the uh, the agreed upon cash weight, uh, which I didn't know was possible. I thought you were allowed a one pound allowance either way. But uh, anyway, Trevin Jones weighed in a second time. Timur Valiev has a matchup. So I don't know about it being, you know, necessarily a fight of the night, you know, show stealing candidate, but as a potential showcase for Valiev, which is, I assume, why uh, why he was booked uh, to open the card. Um, it could be. So Timur Valiev. Definitely one to watch. And again, I, I'm, I'm not uh, breaking any news on this one. There's a lot of people who are, are have really been looking forward to him making his first walk into the uh, to the octagon. Yeah, I'm digging Austin Hubbard versus Joe Selecki. Mm. I think this is a great fight. This is, I believe, the fight that was supposed to happen before the Max Roshkoff debut. You know, Hubbard, as we saw in the Roshkoff fight, great on the feet. You know, he kind of wants to remove that stigma attached yeah. to the win over Max, even though he's the one that deserves all the credit for how it played out. And Max said the same when I spoke with him right afterwards, but he's fighting Joe Selecki, who is a legit, legit prospect to come off the contender series. He had a COVID-19 positive test, which is why he could not fight Austin Hubbard the first time around. But Joe's been rolling very good on the ground. He showed a little bit of his striking improvements against Matt Wyman in December on that DC card in his debut. That's a fun fight at 155 pounds. But, uh, Who's going to emerge tomorrow night in Las Vegas? Who did we not talk about? Maybe they come out from the woodwork and and make some noise. But we're going to find out the answers to all those questions tomorrow night. UFC on ESPN 15. Prelims going to start at 6 p.m. Eastern. Main card at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. And that event will be simulcast on both ESPN and ESPN Plus in the U.S. Of course, we will have your back with coverage, results, post-fight show, et cetera, right here on MMAfighting.com as we put a bow on another preview show. We got lots of uh, combat sports action, AK. This we got Bellator 244 going on tonight. Uh-huh. And I think I'm missing what else, something. Mike? What, what else, else am Mike? I missing? Uh, how about the return of Cam Soda into the combat sports world? I'm sure people remember Cam Soda Legends, which uh, an incredible, an incredible uh, unification of a web a webcam company and the MMA. Charles Crazy Horse Bennett was there. Cam Soda Legends, people look it up. You can find clips of it everywhere. Uh, and they are coming back, teaming up with Full Metal Dojo, a wild promotion on its own for a show in uh, Bangkok, Thailand, free free at fightcircus.com 10 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday night. So unfortunately the same time as the UFC, but everyone's got multiple monitors these days. Fightcircus.com. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not promoting anything. I'm just want people to know. Isn't there a, as they say in the pro wrestling world, isn't there like a handicap match? Uh, yeah, guys. I mean, look, uh, fight circus. It's going to live up to its name. Like I just said, ha- handicap match, uh, pros versus Joe's. I mean, you got guys, you got, they're, they're, they're putting in, Trained guy, larger, untrained human beings against trained f- pro fighters just to see what's going to happen. I was told uh, uh, via, via email that they wanted to do uh, they wanted to do a fighter versus a wild animal, which apparently even Bangkok, Thailand would not allow. So we'll see if they if they come back and do another show and uh, can get some of these things cleared. But there were some wild ideas that didn't make it. But again, if people just go to fightcircus.com, you can see the full rundown of the card uh, and a lot and. Because so much of the gimmick is fans uh, participating live and and, uh, contributing money, pitching in money. Uh, the proceeds are going to charity, uh, COVID-19 Relief Foundations. Uh, I believe directly to, I think they're, they're directly to a CDC. I don't have the website handy with me right now, but uh, yeah, it, if you can, fightcircus.com, you can see all the information. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a cool idea. It's something different. Uh, it will be going on the same time as the UFC, but again, multiple monitors, people. Just, you know, just watch, you, you can watch, you can have it all in today's age. So uh, check it out. Cam Soda is back. And uh, I'm sure we'll have some sort of coverage of it on the site. Uh, Jed Mishu told me he's going to be watching <laughs> yeah. it, though he, 
though he may not be in any condition to actually uh, do, write a proper recap. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But uh, we'll definitely be talking about Cam Soda come Monday. <laughs> Between the links, perhaps. But uh, lots of action for the combat sports fan in us all. So this preview show is done. For Alex Kaylee, I am Mike Kack. Thank you for watching, and we'll see you tomorrow night. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.